Joneses. AJ Jones. Yes, sir. How's my back? Smooth, like a baby's bottom. I had this disturbing experience <laughs> last week. I, d- I don't know. Which disturbing experience are we talking well, about? Well, AJ told me I had a pelt on my back. It's a soft pelt. I- I'm not being somebody who can see his back. Like, you don't need to know this, but I'm not a very hairy person. Like, I don't have a hairy chest or... No. It's one of my great disappointments. I'm 45-year-old. Oh, I'm not disappointed at oh, all. Oh, no. I always I'm wanted a hairy chest. S- oh, I'm so thankful. <laughs> so I don't really have a hairy chest. And, yeah. like, my arms are not particularly hairy. But apparently... That's because all my body hair went to my back, which, well, by the that's way... that's an overstatement. <laughs> I've, unfortunately, I've seen many men with much hairier backs. <laughs> but apparently none of them have a soft pelt. No, yours is like really fine, just a fine frosting of hair everywhere. <laughs> my grandfather on my mother's side was completely bald but had a hairy back. And I remember being a kid, probably MJ's age... Just being fascinated at this, like this man's hairy back. So apparently, I've reaped his hairy back. Anyway, you spent this afternoon waxing my back. I did. By the way, this is the podcast gold that you signed up for, <laughs> and it wasn't. You you, you squeaked a couple. Of times. I, well, I did. Yeah. The top part and the bottom part of the back is really sensitive. The kind of like the the main part of the no, back. You were like the top part and the bottom part and the sides. And okay. I was just like. <laughs> There's no hair in the middle. I didn't wax the middle of your back. <laughs> so anyway, my haircut, my quarantine haircut, the second one of the quarantine is from AJ Spa. Thank and you. now she's Thank opened you. up to uh, back waxing. I as don't well. know that I've opened up to that. I've done it once. I think I'm good now. You got bored halfway through, which is totally <laughs> like, me thing to do. Babe, just get in the shower and I'll shave you. <laughs> Yeah, marriage is so glamorous, isn't it's it? It's so great. So glamorous. Do you remember when I had a frozen shoulder for a year and a half and you had to shower me <laughs> for a year and a half and wash my hair because I couldn't r- lift my arm? I, I remember you not being able to lift your arm. I don't remember that in great detail. Um, <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> don't feel bad. We had friends who lived with us for a while, and a couple of years after that, they came over to our house, we're having dinner, and they were talking about, they were reminiscing about when they lived with us, and I was like, you lived with us? <laughs> and they were like, yeah, and I thought they were joking, so I was like, I, I had no memory that they lived with us, and then eventually, oh it clawed back. What's it like in your brain? Carol called yesterday, and she was like, hey, do you remember this obscure fact about this person? And, and I was like, no, I really don't. She's like, could you check with Alan? I was like, there's no way, Carol, that Alan stored that in his mind palace. <laughs> yeah, the stuff I keep in my mind on hand and the stuff that you think I need to keep in my mind on hand, two different things. Well, yes, I have some concerns about mm. the palace as it, as it stands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hope you guys had a great week. Because ours sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Is that is that the professional term for the quarter? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was it was a rough week. It's funny. There's nothing funny about this week, but it is funny doing all of this stuff on feelings, and then having a week where There's your feelings are, are like feelings. in a corner, tapping out, going, "Please, have, yeah. have mercy." Yeah. So it's been yeah, it's been a rough week. I don't know what it's been like for you. Uh, we pray it's been really really good. We pray if it's been a rough week, you'll find some help in what we're going to talk about today. And we pray that the rest of your week is going to be better. There's like some sort of weird Arctic polar wind or something that's coming. Really? Yeah. See, it's going to be like freezing tonight or something. That type of thing never makes it into my mind palace. No, a lot of stuff doesn't make it into your mind but palace. But Apple did uh, release a new 13-inch MacBook Pro. Really? 
Yeah, that uh-huh. somehow made it into my uh-huh. mouth. Even though I don't need one. There you go. Well, this week we're going to be talking about the feeling of anger. Ah, the feeling that all of us good little Christians were told we're not allowed to have. Yeah, you, if you were you know, raised in a nice Christian home, you were probably not allowed to be angry. Again, we're talking about like your families of origin. How fluent were they with their feelings? Or, well, in your house it was slightly different. Yes, I lived in the house where anger reigned supreme. Or rage, really. Right, what did that look like? Uh, wow. It could look like flying utensils, knives, uh, anything, Police really. having to be called. Police having to be called, people being choked. Yes. Yeah. Or you could live in a more appropriate home where, like, all of that rage just simmered underneath the surface, and oh, it was present, yeah. and nobody talked about it, but it was there. And it was, you know, if you got too close, you were, rawr, rawr. Right. You never knew when the explosion would come. The, the sad thing about no matter what kind of background we came from, if we were taught out of feeling our anger, that's really a tragedy because probably anger is the most important feeling that we as humans need to feel. Why? The reason for that is going to become apparent as we unpack it, but, but largely anger is the first step that we take into full life because our healthy anger shows that we actually have uh, something more than just a pulse. Okay. We're not just physiologically alive, but we're emotionally alive and there's a passion burning in us, which I'm going to unpack right now because probably we've confused some of you, especially if you grew up in backgrounds like AJ's or in backgrounds like mine where we're taught not to be angry. You're probably thinking, well, how on earth can anger be something good? Well, the first thing I want to clarify is what AJ was talking about is rage is not anger. So that big, scary display of like rage, you know, loud voices, physical, you know, threats of violence. That's not actually anger. That's that's rage, which is actually impaired fear. When we talk about fear, uh, I think next week we're going to be talking about fear. Mm -hmm. None of that is anger. That's just fear refusing to be felt on display. It's somebody's attempt who's very scared to get really, really big to get other people to back away from them. It works. So that's not anger, though. Yeah. No, it's not anger. Not what you're talking about, not, anyway. Not the kind of anger that yeah. I'm talking about, for yeah. sure. The anger that we're talking about today could probably be better described as yearning or longing. Or wishing or hungry. Yeah, or desiring. Yeah. That kind of like, I am angry for, I'm reaching out for something, uh, rather than uh, what we've been taught to believe is anger, which, as you talked about, is rage. Yes. So when you were talking about anger being important for us in terms of feeling alive, what do you mean by that? Right. So anger is this fuel that gives us passion for something. Right. Okay. As I was learning this new language, mm-hmm. and you would say, oh, I'm angry for something, I'm like, that doesn't that doesn't compute for me because anger is a scary thing. But what you're actually saying is, I am passionate for x i'm either passionate for something to change or yeah anger shows us what we care about right anger is the thing that makes us come alive for a yearning to be fulfilled okay so basically anger tells us that something matters exactly right anger is what gets you uh to move out of your comfort zone to go get the thing that's important to you yeah or to fight for the thing that matters great anger is this beautiful beautiful gift But again, a lot of what anger is has been robbed from us. So it shouldn't come as a surprise then that when we talk about, like, when we define anger as this, like, this uh, longing for something, this yearning for something, uh, I like to think about it, or or the way that we were taught about it at Sage Hill is think about what are you angry for, not who are you angry at. When we think about that, it comes as no surprise that the gift inside of feeling our anger is 
passion. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So sitting with our anger actually leads us to know what we are passionate about, what we will fight for, what is important to us, what matters. Yeah. So good. This is this is totally dating me. Oh. I thought I was dating you. No, this is oh. Oh, very good. This is totally dating me, but Live Aid, 1985, I think. Yes. So major event, a global event, like all these rock stars and pop stars from around the world putting on a huge concert, one in Wembley, one in, I think, Philadelphia in the States, uh, raising money for you know Ethiopia for the famine that was happening. What That was newsworthy enough, but what was really newsworthy for me as a little boy in Great Britain, I was 11 at the time, is Bob Geldof drops the F word on BBC Live TV. Un- I don't know un- who that unheard is, of. but okay. Okay, so Bob Geldof was the person who masterminded the whole thing. He was okay. the lead singer of the Boomtown Rats, but he's on TV. <laughs> they are. Okay. This is totally dating. I'll just behave shocked. You're kidding. He did? He's on British TV. I've got the video. Okay. And But what you see is his anger on display. Basically, he's banging a table and he's saying, give us your money. And he just says, give us your effing money. And of course, everybody was kind of shocked. But at the same time, everybody was like, we understand why you're angry. You're trying to save millions of people you're from dying. You're angry for something. You're angry and for it's, change. And it's on display. His yeah. passion was fully on display. Yeah. So... Not that I'm saying everybody just gets to go around running their mouth off and just saying, oh, no, I listened to Alan AJ's podcast and, <laughs> and they so quoted now. Bob Geldof. <laughs> and so now it's OK. But that, that point was that none of that none of Bob's anger was scary. Bob's anger moved a nation to do something. Right. Gotcha. So Chip in his book in the chapter on anger, he, he says this. Anger is the feeling that clarifies who we are and who we are not. By making us known, anger pushes us to be truthful and therefore trustworthy. Our ability to show our true identity makes us available for relationship. In fact, anger reaches out for it. And when we reach out in truth and the reaching is met by another in truth, we build authentic relationships. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, so anger is a real gift in relationships because angry people refuse to hide. So if you think about some of our friends who are angry in this sense, like uh, when I think about Krista Wendell, like she is angry for things. Like when you're around Krista, you know what she is living for. There's no yeah. shadow of a doubt. When yeah. I think about Shannon McClaird, Shannon yeah. is an angry person. Again, if you've only thought about anger as this big scary thing, I'm not saying Shannon's right. scary. Yeah. Although Shannon probably is scary to some people who yeah. don't want to be fully alive. <laughs> but Shannon's passion for righteousness, for things to be other than they are, for people to be free. When you get around Shannon, you get in touch with her anger. But I'll be honest with you, again, coming from my background, even though I've been using this language now for nearly two years, mm-hmm. I still have to translate anger for passion every time you say it. Really? Like every time you say, yeah, Shannon's an angry person. I think, no, she isn't. Oh, he's talking about passionate. Yes, she is. She's passionate. Like I, I literally do that right? every time you say it because that's not that's not the word I use for yeah. that. Yeah, no, that makes sense. But you see, but saying the Shannon is passionate, Shannon is passionate, but uh, for me, like anger contains so much more than just passion mm-hmm. it's not just a passion for but it's a yearning it's uh like like shannon's anger moves her to see the thing that she's passionate about come to fruition i get it i'm just saying i still have oh, to do I, the yeah. entire translation every time you use the word i'm totally with you <laughs> totally with you and i have to be careful because i use that word a lot like yeah. i'm angry to know this i'm angry for this but i think what i love about anger is i wouldn't say i'm a a terribly passive person 
in relationships. I would say I'm a fairly confrontational person in relationships. I wouldn't say you're a passive person at all. <laughs> but in the areas where I have been passive, my anger for truth, my anger for connection is what drives my confrontation. So if you're in a relationship with me, you know that I will get my needs met by finding out what it is I need. So if I feel disconnected from you, if I feel disconnected from my friends, I'm going to pick up the phone and my passion to be connected is what's going to prompt that phone call more than the fear that, oh, this could get messy or could make things worse. Like right. that, That's not a thought for me because this anger to be connected, the anger for truth to be known, the anger for the storyteller that I have in my head to be silenced pushes me forward in relationships. I'm angry right now. I can feel all my I passion. I can feel it too. You can? Yeah. When I think about my angry friends, they're like gift to me because I don't need to guess what they're thinking. Like their passion for life is on display. I know who they are. I know where they're going. And there's something joyful about that. Yeah. And, and, and conversely, when I'm around people who are not in touch with their anger for living, I'm so curious to know what makes them tick. Like, I just think about a lunch that we had a couple of months ago. Yeah. And I know they listen to our podcast. And I'm not going to say your name just out of honor uh, for you. But you probably know who you are. We're, we were having lunch at Burger Up. And I'm sat with this beautiful couple who are beginning to get in touch with their passion. But I'm also noticing that years and years and years of not being allowed to be passionate because of their culture. And I just want to chip away at that thing. Like, no, what makes you come alive? Not not what should you do? Not what have right. you been told to do? What has the Lord put on your heart? Or actually what's in your heart that's yeah. yearning to come out? What do you want to do? Oh, what I want to be with about? that yeah. person. Yeah. And I th- that's one of the gifts of 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 healthy anger. Can it? I just tell you in fairness, we've had that discussion with a number of people, so I wouldn't actually be able to identify <laughs> what couple it is that you think you're talking there's, about. Because I'm like, we've had that. Over and over and over and over again. But anyway. And and that's probably one of our gifts to our community is being angry enough to care, to dig out, to make, not make people, but kind of like to salt the oats so that people are hungry to drink and find their anger. Yes. I mean, at least I hope that's one of our gifts. If it isn't, we're just annoying people over lunch. Yeah, so so (laughs) sorry sorry about that. But at least you got a free lunch out of it. So there's that. fine. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the gift. If we feel our anger, then the gift of it is that we actually move towards passion. Yeah. However, if we refuse to feel it, then actually the impairment is depression. The the crazy thing about that dynamic that you just explained is the depression comes about from us literally trying to depress our feelings. Like, so it starts with anger. Like, I don't want to be alive about this thing for whatever reason, because it'll never come to pass. I don't have enough money. Uh, like, nobody else is with me, In whatever. In some way, it feels too big so to handle on your own. So we push down that passion. Yeah. And we use all of our energy to deny the way we're built. Yeah. Which is fatiguing. It's, it's exhausting. Worse, though, we end up with contempt for who we are and how we're made. Mm-hmm. Because that passion that's inside of us won't go away. So now we have uh, anger about our anger, <laughs> like like who I am and how I'm wired and what I'm built for won't go away despite my efforts at depressing this thing. And uh, d- it's just not pretty. Yeah. So when we have contempt for ourselves, like we're literally moving against ourselves. We're denying the passion that we have. We hate that that passion is there. We're depressing it. 
all this energy that's supposed to be making us come alive and fuel our passion, we're working hard to suppress it. Yeah. And that's what leads to our depression. Yeah. And then when we're depressed, yeah. we actually close off our desire for life. Right. And then then that closes off our desire for all the other feelings. Right. So we stop feeling our sadness. Right. We stop feeling our fear. We stop feeling our loneliness. And as we know so far from looking at those feelings is when you feel those feelings, it actually brings us to life. So we end up even more depressed, even more removed from full-hearted living. Right. Little hard-hearted, numb individual. Really important that you learn to find your anger and yeah. deal with it appropriately. Yeah. Chip says that all desire is rooted in the feeling of anger. Wow. I'm so angry at you. Okay. Now I'm scared, but we can't talk about fear <laughs> until next week. That's next week. Sorry, folks. I think when we did the training, they said that the the anger is like the check engine light, you know, for your for your person. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Like the check engine light in the car, which the check engine light doesn't actually tell you what the problem is. It just tells you is there's, there's other problem. problems under the hood. Yeah. And because anger is rarely ever felt on its own, it usually is a good thing. If you're feeling, if you're in touch with your anger, what else are you not yet in touch with? Because right. probably there's some sadness, some fear, some loneliness, you know, and other feelings lurking there's around there. There's stuff that. leaking under the hood. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I forgot about that. Anger is the check engine light of your of your heart. You bring up the check engine light. I was thinking about group this week. Like, yeah. So I do group on Tuesdays and I'm sitting in group and I'm listening to other people speak and they're like, who else needs some time this week? And I'm like, I'm I'm super angry. Like I went to group really angry. And in my head, I'm just thinking, I know I'm angry, but I know talking about my anger won't change anything. Like what I'm angry about, me bringing to group, their responses won't change the things I'm angry about. Gotcha. Because I'm angry at COVID. Yes. I'm angry at people's reactions to COVID. I'm angry about all the misinformation that's being spread. I'm angry that I have to wade through utter nonsense to even find the truth. I'm angry that people don't believe the truth that's out there. I'm just like angry, angry, angry. And I'm thinking, how on earth is sharing this like going to fix anything? It's not going right. to fix people. And so then I have this thought, all this work I'm doing on my own to keep my anger away from the group means I'm not present with group. And I'm actually here for me. So I'm actually denying what I need by managing what I'm feeling. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Right. So if you're sitting with me and you're feeling really angry about stuff that has nothing to do with me, right. you're still keeping yourself from me by yeah. not sharing it. Because yeah. I'm, I'm off in my own little therapy session on my own going, no, no, that's not appropriate. Blah, 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 blah. Right. And I'm not being present with people. Right. And so I think, oh, well, what the heck? You know, this is what I'm here for. So I just start talking about my anger. I just start talking about anger about this and, and they're just listening to me and they're just letting me talk. And what I realize is the more I talk, the more I realize not only am I angry, but I am deeply afraid. Oh, yeah. And I'm really sad. Yeah. And I'm really lonely. Yeah. Like I'm lonely because I'm thinking maybe I'm the only person that thinks like this. I'm deeply fearful that maybe uh, maybe everyone's right. Maybe I'm wrong. And I'm really sad that like I can't change anything. Yeah. And so you think, well, what, what did you get out of that? Well, what I got out of that was feeling my anger led me to all these other feelings I didn't know was there, back to your check engine thing. Yeah. And then, yes, sharing those things didn't change COVID. I didn't come out of that group and COVID had vanished. I didn't come out right. of that group and Wouldn't everyone was like, nice? yeah, okay, here's you know some great protocols to follow. Yeah. People are still making the decisions that they're going to make. But what happened was I became more alive, less fearful, less lonely, less scared just by talking and processing and being with my feelings right and when you talk and you process and you are with your feelings it also stops the pylon effect of 
you know, it's just getting more and more and more of the same. Yeah. And also, I am now with people. I'm not just over here retreating, trying to sanitize what I'm feeling. You know, because there's also some shame and some guilt, like, well, you know, I'm a pastor. I shouldn't be thinking things about people like that. <laughs> I, I have shame that, like, you know, well, how dare you think that you know all the answers? You know, and so, and I'm trying to talk myself out of my feelings. And it's so beautiful just to, like, let your anger run free and be with people in your anger, in your passion. In your passion. Yeah. Yeah. Is it scary when I say in your anger? Yeah, it's still, I'm still trying to say it. I'm like, it's beautiful in your anger. He means passion. Passion, yes. <laughs> you know, the other thing upon reflection, I, I found that talking about what I was angry about revealed my passion. Now, no surprise, my passion is to teach. Mm. But like what brings about me is like, oh, I want to teach and I want to educate and I want to encourage and I want to rebuke and I want to bring correction. Like I come alive as a teacher. Like I love the whole teaching process. And I think probably a lot, what uh, my sadness was is I don't know if anybody even listened to me if I start teaching about this stuff because, you know, I'm not a scientist. Right. I'm not a epidemiologist or I can't even say the word. Like who am I to say anything on you this? You have to be able to say the word first. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. But, it, you know, it helped identify my passion. Yeah. One of the other things I felt really angry about this week is about halfway through the week I read about Ahmad Arbery, the young man. Yeah. For those of you who are not in the U.S., I don't know if this story has made it outside the U.S., but there's a 25-year-old black man who was just jogging and was murdered by two white men. A father and son a in Georgia. A father and yeah. son in Georgia. And I read about it midweek and yeah. was just, like, so sad. Like, are you kidding? Like, are you know, just, I felt sad. I felt angry. I felt lots of fear that, like, nothing would be done. And then it's I realized awful. as terrible as that is it's worse because it happened in february and no charges were ever pressed and oh i didn't know that oh yeah it happened in february and no charge you know the police showed up and you know took a statement and then if you read i don't want to misquote articles but if you read it basically people recuse themselves from it and no charges were ever pressed and so then a video was released that showed this young man getting shot and so like I'm angry and I'm I'm like I'm angry that it's happened. I'm angry that this man lost his life. I'm angry that there's going to be sides drawn up. I'm angry that there's going to be endless discussion. I'm angry that it's going to be politicized. I'm deeply sad that this young man's lost his life. I'm deeply sad that there's a family who's grieving the loss of a son. And that it looked like people had gotten away with it. Ah, uh, and I'm so angry because if the roles were reversed and it was a one white man running who was killed by two black men, it would be a completely different story. And so I'm angry and I'm sad and I don't don't know what to do with it yeah and so i i and and i'm angry that i don't know what to do with it i'm just like ah so i i i'm trying to write my feelings a little better so i get on twitter and i just i just express my sadness i express my anger and i end my tweet with this real statement like i am sad that my only response i know to do is retweet this news article yes no sooner did i hit send and just in that moment of feeling my sadness of enough to write 280 characters, I'm now in touch with my with my anger, and I'm now in touch with my passion, and I'm and so I then formulate this next tweet where I'm like, actually, now that I felt my anger and my sad, I'm realizing, actually, I can do something other than just retweet. 
I can pray. Like, I am angry about justice being done. And my father, my heavenly father, is a righteous judge. Yes, that's right. Okay, I can pray. And so now I'm like, now I'm feeling the passion that, yeah, I can pray. And then I'm like, well, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. All my fear that this is just going to be another politicized debate that's really going to go anywhere and the sides are going to form and empty rhetoric is going to be spoken left, right, and center. I'm like, actually, I've got a gospel message that I can preach that is far more powerful than policy. And and so I'm realizing, okay, passion is arising uh, for the kingdom of God, for, for, the, for not only justice to be done, of course I want justice, but I'm also a believer in a God who brings redemption. And so I'm, I've got confidence that knowing God, knowing what God, who God is, knowing what God is like, he can bring redemption from this horrible situation. So, yeah, I'm going to pray for justice, but I'm also going to pray for redemption. Now my, my anger and my sadness at feeling helpless is turned to the, the anger of passion of like, this is actually what I'm built for. This is who I am. I can actually pray and, and see the kingdom built so that we have different options available to us than what we've had in our history, which is all the stuff I talked about before, politicized, debate, and nothing really changing. Right. I mean, those are two real-time examples of where my anger felt like it was taking me to a cliff of frustration, but sitting in the anger led me to other options I didn't know was available that all pointed to the passion of who I am and how I'm built. Yeah. I I think that that is really... Uh, I guess handy isn't the right word, but I'm just thinking I have loved since getting the language of anger being passion and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff to realize when I am angry about something to then go the step of saying, okay, I'm angry because what? What am I angry for? What what do I want to change? Mm -hmm. What is it that, because actually that will probably point me towards something that God's talking to me about. Exactly. God put the passion in you that is now being stirred up in you for something. Yeah. And God's always in a partnership. So what is it that your anger is leading you to partner with God to do that you couldn't have done before? Yeah. So we're recording this Friday night. I think it was this morning. All the days blur into one. The two men that uh, that murdered Ahmad have been uh, charged with murder. Yes. And I think really we saw two or three days of everybody posting about and saying this is not okay. And feeling this their anger not about okay. it. And feeling their anger and being passionate about something he didn't change. Yeah. And I know there was a petition that went around and but it seemed like because a bunch of people got passionate, something shifted. Right. Yeah. Which brings up more feelings of sadness that a bunch of people I saw someone tweet a brilliant thing that they just uh, a sad, brilliant thing they said, just a reminder that they these people were charged with murder because you saw the video, not because they saw the video. Like, that video had already been seen and nothing had been done. It was Ugh, when the public yeah. at large saw the video and got, like you said, got passionate. Yeah. So anger, it's a, it's a, it's good, a thing. good thing. So often when we teach this, uh, people will bring up different passages from Scripture about anger. So like when Paul says to put away anger. Right. Uh, or... The anger of man does not work the righteousness of God. Yeah. So what do you do with those passages? Right. I think what you do about it is you look at what else does the scripture have to say about it. Yeah. And, you know, my favorite verse on this topic is Ephesians 4.26, where it says, be angry and do not sin. Right. So the same person who said, put away anger anger is the same person that also said, be Be angry angry. and do not sin. And I think that's the key because we know that Jesus was a really angry person. And we know that our instruction was... <laughs> I'm translating in my head. Jesus was a really angry person, i.e. he was very passionate. Yes, he was. Okay, we can keep going. 
It's also important to note that the, the, the verse you quoted about the, the anger of man does not work the righteousness of God begins with be slow to anger. So like it's not like don't be angry. It's like, hey, in your anger, be slow in your anger. Be When you're in your anger, yeah. be slow with what you do. And the, the verse I just quoted there is like be angry, but do not sin. Yes. Because when you're angry, your passion is on display. So Bob, it's not wrong for Bob Geldof to be angry about people dying and wanting to motivate people, it uh, it wasn't helpful that he said dropped an f bomb on live right, British TV in 1985. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, and the same for us. You think about the times when your passion gets stirred, like even in group, like even in group this week. I'm angry, and I'm I'm my passion is on display, and somebody said something to me, and I quipped at them. Right now, my quipping was wrong. My, my being angry was not. Gotcha. What about that part in the gospel? I forget where it is, where uh, Jesus heals on the Sabbath, and he knows that the Pharisees are angry, and he says he's angry because he knew their heart. Yeah. Right? So there's an example of Jesus angry. Or, uh, you know, turning over the, the, the money changers' tables in the court. He was angry, but we also know the book of Hebrews says that he did not sin. Right. So there is Jesus' anger, his passion on display, and he didn't sin. So, right. so anger isn't a sin. You're on good biblical ground. Like your anger can lead to can be fertile ground to sin, but this is why we need to get good at feeling our anger. Yeah. And and ha- making room for our passion and for our anger and understanding it's what God put in us and he wants it to come out. So you've got Jesus being angry. You've got lots of other people in the Bible and throughout history who are angry. Yes. Like passionate to see change. Who who like m- Moses. Right. Now, again, his anger got him into trouble. Yeah. So he killed um, an Egyptian for oppressing the Israelites, but you saw his passion for the people of God to be treated well. A passion, by the way, that was later fulfilled in his prophetic destiny as somebody who brought them out into freedom on God's timing. But you see his passion trying to achieve those means by himself, which led to murder. Yes. Again, murder bad, passion good. Right. God used and partnered <laughs> that passion with his divine providence to set people free. Right. How about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.? Yeah, that, an angry person for racial equality and for an end to injustice, that his passion was on display. A man who was very, very measured in his anger, but his anger drove him to do, say things that were not popular at the time. Right. Uh, for and a greater bring good. change. And absolutely bring change. Yeah. Uh, Mother Teresa. Yeah. Heidi Baker. Yeah. Like, like now, Heidi... Heidi does not strike you as an angry person in there. Rawr, but no, she's passionate, she, though. Something is fueling her yeah. to live among the poorest of the poor. Yeah. Not just for like a three-week you know, short-term mission trip, but to give her life over to that. Yeah. There's anger. There's passion. Um, and it's beautiful. So that's our fourth feeling, anger. So the gift of anger, remember, is passion. And the impairment is depression. And so we don't want to actually live from depression. No, we don't. So no. next time you're feeling angry, ask yourself, what am I angry for, not who am I angry at? Yes. Thanks so much for being with us. We've had a great time recording this. We pray that this is going to be a huge encouragement to you in this coming week. If you've got questions that you would love to ask us, reach out to us on any social media platform. We're on all of them. We're at Alan and AJ on all of them. If you want the show notes for this episode, go to alanandaj.com. And if this sort of stuff makes your heart come alive, we have an eight-month school at Grace Center called the School of Supernatural Life. It is designed to dig into the heart of who you are and uh, is this amazing incubator where you get to discover who God's made you to be, what he's put inside you, 
uh, to do. And you get to partner with God, you get to partner with the prophetic. You get to come live here in Franklin, Tennessee, which is beautiful and gorgeous, and learn from world-class teachers and leaders and ministers from around the world. If you want more information about that, go to schoolofsupernaturallife.org. Applications close in June. Yep, June 15th. Thanks so much for being with us. We appreciate you watching, listening. We're praying that you have an amazing week. And we'll be back same time, same place next week. We sure will. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God the things we deal with every day. From Franklin, Tennessee, they are just like you and me. Keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, sharing their life experiences. Keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses. They talk about faith in God and everything under the sun. If you are a human being, there's something here for everyone.